Hello. If you can, please give to charities for those disenfranchised in these still troubled times. An example might be the Ogre Project, which helps black trans people with food, shelter, and other means of life. Also, support the Trevor Project, a mental health hotline for LGBTQ youths in trouble. Uh, as for Nathaniel, you can find him at the Pretendium Compendium, his own podcast, where he talks about Dungeons and Dragons and other fantasy fare. Uh, if you would like to see more of me, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Jeems, which is J-E-E-M-S. You can find me on my Tumblr, which is also Jeems, my TikTok, Jeems84, my Twitter, the show's Twitter is at Penny Tolerable, and I'm at MyPlanetIsJ, and you can find me on my Instagram at, at MyPlanetIsJeremy. Uh, we are available on Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, and several other podcast platforms. Now, on with the show. Also, for another amazing podcast, check out The Video Vault with Brandon and Skyler by my friends, Brandon and Skyler. Hey, it's me, Jeremy, and welcome to Penny Tolerable, where two large adult siblings talk about movies, TV, comics, and whatever else. We spend a lifetime together and so you can spend some time with us. And uh, who is this? Who is this here with me? This is David Harbour. David. I come to steal up Cedasia. <laughs> Question: Does he? Does his accent go more Boris or more uh, Vatikanvi Yakov Shmirov? Uh, more Boris. Like oh, okay. he, he keeps it deep because he has a baritone. Yeah. So. But yeah, if uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, we're talking. Well, I'm. Yeah. Talk- what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, what the- <laughs> Help me to explain. Uh, this episode, uh, we're talking about Black Widow. Marvel's mm-hmm. Black Widow, which just finally came out. And, uh... Wakanda Forever. Yeah. <laughs> Russia Forever. Yeah, there we go. Until it became the Soviet Union and then the... Russia, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I don't... I'm not much for history. <laughs> I'm not much for history for any country that's not mine. Yeah. 
And yet you can give me the complete uh, dynasty in Latveria. <laughs> yeah, like Victor Von Doom and then Christoph Von Doom and then Victor Von Doom and then that's it, I think. Who ruled Latveria before Victor? I actually don't know. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's a, like, was there a Stephen Von Doom? Is there a Mrs. Von Doom? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh... uh with Black Widow, um, the thing is, uh, I watched it and Nathaniel didn't. Yeah. Do, do we want to get into that for a minute? Because yes. I feel like that's the camel that's going to carry most of this discussion. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch Black Widow, and I don't plan to watch Black Widow, <laughs> and uh, I don't really plan to watch uh, too many of these Marvel movies going forward, and I got kind of sick of them. Uh, now we we talked about Marvel at some length when we did like the Infinity War episode, right? Yeah. Hey, well, we maybe don't need to totally cover all that track again, but the long and short of it is, uh, like, I when the MCU started, mm-hmm. I ignored pretty much all of Phase One. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I skipped most of them, or I saw them once through a rift tracks, and that was it. Yeah. And then I went and saw Avengers, like everyone mm-hmm. else in the world. And I liked it well enough the first time. Uh, doesn't hold up. Like, it's, <laughs> like, don't watch it on your TV. Watch it in a theater with a bunch of happy people cheering when, like, Loki catches the arrow or whatever. I- I'll give it that. It was That's a, a cool fun, moment. It was a fun experience. But yeah. it's like, no, it's, it doesn't hold up. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. There's no reason to go back to it. Um but because of that, I was sort of in, like, phase two, they they kind of were hitting a sweet spot where I'm like, okay, like, Shane Black doing a, I don't care if it's a Marvel movie, it's a new Shane Black movie, like, I mm-hmm. watched that. Yeah. Uh, legitimately like Guardians. Uh, Winter Soldier is, mm-hmm. I think that's generally held to be one of the very best ones. Yeah. And so there was, like, kind of a run where I was like, okay, I'm feeling this, and it like, lasted, like, a year. Yeah, and then it was like Ultron and Batman. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nah. Yeah. And uh, since then, it's, you know, it's wobbled a bit. Like, I saw Guardians. I saw uh, Ragnarok. Uh, Guardians 2, I should say. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> for, well, I saw both, but just yeah. to be clear that I mentioned it twice. And for some reason, I felt like the faint obligation to go see The Avengers. Not all the Marvels, but The Avengers yeah. series. Like in the theater, mm-hmm. and I don't think I bothered to do that with the end game. <laughs> I think I found that on the high seas somewhere. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and at that point, I was tired of it. To be frank, like it had become a little too world bestriding. It had become a little mm-hmm. too monotonous. And uh, like my my hot contrarian take, like I don't think Marvel movies are that good. Yeah. Um. I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're the worst movies ever. Like, I'll joke around with Jeremy. Uh, again, through Rift Tracks, we watch, like, the Chris Pratt Jurassic World movies. Yeah. Dog shit. Oh, my God. God awful. And every time, like, I watch something like that, I go, oh, I get it. I get why people like the Marvel movies, because they're comparing them yeah, to, this like, is the alternative. Jurassic World. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, the DC movies, like, half of them are good and half of them are even worse. Yeah. So we talked about that. Um, but it has left me in a position where, like, 
it takes a lot to light a fire under me with Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not watching the Disney Plus shows. I'm, I'm not keeping up. I'm not like, look how much weight Kumail gained to play yeah. a Mercury Iker. <laughs> like, oh, Kingo. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not really feeling it. And the only two that have, like, any sort of allure for me whatsoever, I might go see Guardians 3. Mm-hmm. When it comes out in 12 years. Yeah. Like, I'm not really worried about it in the meantime. On the horizon, there's... Is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse yeah. of Madness? Yeah. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, well, like... I, I'm half partial to Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And it's the first Sam Raimi movie in a decade. Yeah. And that... And you don't even count Great and Powerful Oz, so the first and forever. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that actually sounds like... Sam Raimi directing a Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. That actually sounds like it might be up my alley, but then I'm like, oh, like Wanda's in it. Like, I'm already not on board. Mm-hmm. And I- I'll promise I'll shut up in a minute, but just to segue into talking, Jeremy can lead us into Black Widow here. The thing that seems to appeal the most to people, like the interconnectedness, yeah, has actually become off-putting to me. So, yeah, I, I'm not really joking. If you said like, "Hey, it's a Doctor Strange movie," I'd go like, "Okay, like that's the sizzle." We go like, and it follows up on Wandavision. <laughs> yeah, like, no, like this, this is just homework. This is why I stopped reading the comics at a certain age. Yeah, it, it just it, instead of just like, "Oh, look, Spidey! Oh, there's the thing. He drove by in like his flying car. How, how about that? I guess they both live." <laughs> Yeah, around Central Park. And then it got to the point where it's like, no, no, you have to know everybody's biography better than your own family history. And I feel like that's, like, every single Marvel thing that comes out is like, what does this mean for the Marvel Universe, the MCU Mm -hmm. going forward? Like, just focus on making one good movie. Yeah. Because I feel like you haven't done that in about five years. (laughs) And then I'll worry about, like, Oh, look, uh, Willie Lompkins in both movies. <laughs> uh, but anyways, and this maybe leads into Black Widow because this is meant to be a smaller scale picture, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you saw it and I didn't, so <laughs> what can you tell me about it? Well, uh, one thing I want to say before I get into Black Widows, I have been keeping up with the... Uh, uh, Marvel shows, um, the three primary ones. The there was WandaVision, which I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, they pretty much pissed the Evan Peters Quicksilver thing down their leg. Uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was that was cool. It's neat to see Zemo and. Like, I, I appreciate how it pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie about that. What, uh, that I kind of know what you mean, but, like, who did it piss off and why? Uh, like, Fox News people. Oh, like, the gay stuff? Yeah, n- no, the, uh, like, Falcon becoming Captain America. Oh, right, right, that, that thing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's just, like, when the Fox News people are... Upset at comic books that makes me love comic that's, books. No, that, that's my favorite thing in the world. Like, I don't care about Marvel comics. Like, I don't keep up with them. 
but they're obviously like everywhere online. Yeah. And so there, there was like a Captain America issue where like like Red Skull quotes Jordan Peterson yeah. or something. And pe- and again, people are up in arms. It's just like, oh, like this is so trashy. And like, yeah, you know, you can disagree with the guy without calling him a literal Nazi. I just like motherfucker. Do you guys consume any media for anybody over the age of six? Yeah, because all I've heard from you, like this whole goddamn year so far, is like Captain America was mean to me, and Mister Potato was mean to me, and then like the Looney Tunes aren't what I want them to be. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you know, like Bakshi movies and the, like action movies with tits in them and things. Like, but wasn't the whole point that like conservative media was like guns and chicks yeah. and cigars and cool yeah. shit? Which, by the way, is cool shit. Like the if that's like the default of like Con Air is a conservative movie or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> like, yeah, if you guys get like westerns and war movies and like. Films about people murdering each other in the desert, then you get all the good stories. Yeah. Why are you upset that, like, uh, the new edition of Mousetrap, the little guy who jumps into the pan, has ambiguous features? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm sorry. Like, oh, like, like, there's too many different colors of slinkies these days. Mario should either be more or less offensive, but either way, he should be my best friend. Yeah. Like, gee, Jesus Christ, it's... <laughs> and, and also, there have been, like, a bunch of black Captain Americas. That, yeah. that, God damn it, we need to get to this, yes. I know, but... But that's the... It's funny when, when, like, people who don't read comics get super mad about comics. Yeah, I love that. We should, we, like, we could do a whole episode about that. Like, why doesn't the Hulk just manage his rage? He does. There's hundreds of stories about that. Why doesn't Batman, instead of, like, beating up homeless people, give his money to charities? To He's help constantly doing he that. He constantly does that. He doesn't beat up homeless people. Has, hasn't laid a finger on anybody who isn't wearing, like, power armor in about six years. Like, so it's always the same shit. The one with Captain America is the... Captain America in your head is, like, the ultimate Captain America... Like, the, does this A stand for France? Like, the Fox yeah. News, OAN, Captain America. And then if you actually read the comics, he's, like, a super FDR liberal who quits every three years because he's disgusted with the government. Yeah. Yeah. And is constantly getting replaced by, like, oh, I guess we'll do, like, a racist Captain America, like, U.S. agent, or a black one, or there'll be, like, a girl one for a while, or a woman one. Girl isn't <laughs> maybe the most generous way to put that. Like, oh, you mean that thing that's happened uh, scores of times yeah. over the course of a century? But yeah, I get, get mad because the, the soldier with more actual training than him took over for him mm-hmm. in a TV show on the Disney Channel. Yeah. Thanks, grown-ups. Thanks, guy in a tie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... I'm digging Loki. <laughs> That's right, we were talking about that. Yeah. I'm digging Loki, and uh, right now, Loki and his female variant, Sylvia, are they're right outside the palace of the, uh, the Time Lord, and uh, who could it possibly be? It, it, it's, it's Kang. It's, like, I'm not, it's not that I know, it, like, I've seen the episode, and I know it's Kang. It's Kang. It just is. Sylvia. Yeah, Sylvia. So, so there's like a female 
alternate reality Loki, and the name is Sylvia. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I was explaining. Like, Loka doesn't quite work. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. j- just Sylvia. Like, they go to the deli together. <laughs> uh, she tries to stick her head in an oven, but the horns don't fit. The, uh, anyways, getting back to our episode about Black Widow. All right, then. Yeah. I decided to use the uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia entry because yeah. uh, to help me along with this because uh, they're always they always describe the movie but they're always just so weird. I also yeah. took notes while watching it. It is like how it's like a Martian description. Yeah, it, it's one of those things like the the Ron Swanson line like we saw a film about an orange fish that becomes separated from its father. Yeah, like that's accurate, but also like insane to hear it put that way yeah so yeah uh jeremy has seen the film i have not uh you're gonna tell the audience and me about the film i'm just gonna like dive in if i think something is interesting i really like this because uh it saves me having to watch it (laughs) (laughs) we might do more episodes like this yeah well we shall see uh I, i know like our penny tolerable umbrella is pretty wide but does seem like I keep coming back to comic books, which is fine. Yeah. But I at least watched all the X-Men's at some point, and mm-hmm. uh, having done so, I wish that we'd done this treatment for about two-thirds of those as well. Yeah. But okay. He, uh, jumping into Black yeah. Widow, uh, in 1995, Russian undercover agents, super soldier Alexei Shustakov and Black Widow Melina Vostikov pose as normal... Poses a normal family in Ohio, along with their surrogate daughters, Natasha Romanov and Yelena Belova. This uh, is already like war and peace. <laughs> God, we're not even getting the patronyms. This is just little, the first and last names. Yeah, little black widow has blue hair, which is she like she has dyed blue hair. I just thought that was cute. Oh, I I know a great joke about that that uh, this right wing guy told me on Twitter. Well, it wasn't so much a great joke. It was one okay joke repeated 800 times. Mm-hmm. Having blue hair, but yeah. Because nobody dyes their hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's weird. Yeah. When the mission to steal uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. intel is complete, uh, yeah, it's... They uh, run off with the kids. Like They tell the kids, like, we have to get out of here. And It's weird telling your kid, uh, you know... Pain only makes you stronger, and because, like, you know, they have the kids know that they have to become part of the Black Widow program, and mm-hmm. like, even if you know you're gonna go to the Red Room, that's a weird thing to tell your kids, like, that's a bit much for them. And also, uh, they escape from America on like a plane, like a biplane, kind of, uh, so. Did they start doing, like, flapper dances <laughs> on the wings? And because if so, I owe my pearl mother an apology. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess in the context, it's not weird. Like, in the context of the character's lies, it's not weird. But it is just like, hey, kids, we have our own plane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they escape to Cuba to rendezvous with their boss, Dredov who has Romanov and Belova put to the rep room for training. 
And this is when we have, uh, it's, you know, the opening is done. We have the opening credits. And it's basically a very kind of choppy montage of uh, the girls, the little girls being sent to the Red Room. And just just standard choppy montages. Uh, I I mean... Like a a David Fincher type thing. This is the opening credits? Yeah. The Red Room is the opening credits? Yeah, it's them being sent there and you see a bunch of images flash. I can picture that. And this is, I assume, the way it looked in Ultron? Uh, we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know, I have no basis for comparison not having seen this. I know that the idea of, like, the killer doll is, like, mm-hmm. a, like, a trope and can be done yeah. very well, but I, I guess, like, what is it, 30 years after La Femme Nikita? Mm-hmm. I hope that if people do it, there's some, yeah. some twist in how they carry it off. The uh, it's interesting because the the opening credit song is excuse me the opening credit song is a very weird cover of Nirvana's Nevermind that normal so- ass song <laughs> <laughs> yeah good point well but how, it, oh, go, go ahead go ahead it's weird like like it's like the not tinkly music but it is like slow and it's women singing it, and there's like a chorus to it, and it's that. That doesn't actually sound bad, but I, I know that you always make fun of like the the minor key covers, um, mm-hmm. the, like ironic covers, yeah, that they use. And it used to be mostly trailers, but now they're in the movies too. Yeah, we we talked a lot about Zack Snyder, who I think we both have developed an appreciation for. He's mm-hmm. bad about that. Yeah. That's one thing you did feel free to make fun of him. I won't uh, contest it. But it is funny because whenever they do that shit, it'll be like, take me out to the ball game. Yeah. Yeah. But Nevermind is already like that. It already sounds like somebody did that to a real song. Like, yeah. Well, I don't even know the lyrics. If I try to sing it, I'll just start doing the Weird Al version. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and of course, watching this opening, we get the reason why Natasha uh, doesn't speak in a Russian accent. The actual reasons, I assume just like Scarlett Johansson didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's because uh, Natasha and the whole family has been Americanized. And okay. while Shustakov's imprisoned in Russia, uh, years... That's the dad, right? That's yeah. David Harbour? Yeah, it's David okay. Harbour, Red Guardian. Years pass, and Romanov defects to S.H.I.E.L.D. after bombing Drakov's office, apparently okay. killing him and his young daughter, Antonia. In 2016, Romanov is a fugitive for violating the Sokovia Accords, the... So this is after Civil War, or, yeah, after, or right before Civil War, yeah, after. And, uh, the Sokovia Accord thing was just such a weird cul-de-sac that didn't really go anywhere. I kind of say, and again, like, I've missed about half of the films that came out after Civil War. 
Like I, that was actually probably the one where I went. I don't have to watch all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Sokovia thing. Now that started with Ultron, right? Like he lifted yeah. up Sokovia yeah. and was gonna like throw it on the moon or something. Yeah, it was gonna drop it, and it would have been a, uh, like a po- an apocalyptic level, uh, size object hitting the Earth. Jesus Christ, that movie's terrible. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, like, everyone's least favorite Avengers movie is has, mm-hmm. like, maybe the most, like, lasting <laughs> yeah. plot element. Because you can't say, like, the snap from Infinity War, because that was just backseas. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they talk about it all the time, right? Yeah. But it's, it's like in House of M, like, decades ago in the comics, when Scarlet Witch goes, like, no more mutants. And they get rid of all the mutants. Uh, all of them, not like Wolverine and Magneto and Professor X and all those guys, but like yeah. But uh, oh wait, Magneto was one, but he got better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, it, it was like no more mutants, and it meant like Riptide and the Morlocks. Yes, and Yaka lost the <laughs> yeah. <pack>. Like <laughs> here's a list of people the artists don't want to draw. Um, I, I feel like this is the same thing. So the Sokovia Accords, that led to, like, a little bit into Black Panther, right? Because that's mm-hmm. actually his origin story yeah. in, the, in the movies. Yeah. Um, Where we first see him, yeah. Yeah, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier follows up on that with Zemo. Mm-hmm. And then pretty much everybody who worked with Cap, like, was a war criminal after that. Yeah. But then they got better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> It really was just backseas as soon as Thanos entered the picture. D- didn't they legit do backseas? Like, I, I never saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, but don't they even say, like, oh, he turned state's evidence or something? Ant-Man and the Wasp, he has a ankle bracelet. Oh, okay, so they at least yeah. go, oh, okay, just so long as they address it. And at if, if the beginning of Endgame, you can see Hawkeye with the ankle bracelet. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I choose not to, though. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Widow escapes from U.S. Secretary of State Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross and flees, to a, flees to a safe house in Norway set up by Rick Mason, uh, her friend. He's just kind of a just a guy that can get you shut, like a guy with connections. Guy can give you shit. And uh, it's just kind of interesting that I guess Ross is just get well. Hulk is in space, so I guess Thunderbolt Ross is just like <laughs> job's done. Oh god, like, we're done with that. I guess you're gonna be an eight-hour video explaining where to watch this chronologically. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, Blova kills a rogue Black Widow, only to come in contact with a mysterious substance called the Red Dust that removes her from the Red Room's mind control. She sends the antidote to Romanov, hoping uh, she will return to Belova f- and free the other widows. Uh, yeah, the dust of... The red dust, which reminded me of the dust of death, but I know it's something different. Okay. And uh, we get to see a Black Widow sitting in a her trailer, uh, watching... You mean Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> and she's watching Moonraker... And, like, she knows all the words to it. And it's like... Wait, when is, when is this scene? Uh, after she's gone to uh, Norway. 
But is she's like a kid, or this is the 2016 scene? Yeah, this is the 2016 scene. So she's like a grown-up in like Moonraker is her favorite Bond? Yeah, I know it's weird. I like Moonraker better than <laughs> yeah. I like it better than The Spy Who Loved Me. It's the exact same movie, but it's stupider. Yeah. And Sp- Spy Who Loved Me is one of those ones like Goldfinger that's like iconic Bond, mm-hmm. but it's actually kind of boring when you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Hate to say it, but there it is. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I just find it interesting they couldn't pick a more, not better Bond movie, but more iconic Bond movie. Um, I don't know if maybe like this just shows the screenwriters clever than I am, but from Russia with love? Yeah. Or, <laughs> dude, even Goldeneye, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, but she would like hate Russia because they're expats. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Uh, but, but yeah, um, when Romanov unknowingly drives off with the antidote, she's attacked by Taskmaster, who's after the red dust. Taskmaster is, he's pretty dope in this. Yeah, we'll talk about Taskmaster in a minute, because I love Taskmaster in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but go ahead. It, it, like, genuinely fun to watch in this movie, like... Okay, we'll talk about him in a minute. Okay. Uh, Romanov manages to evade Taskmaster and learns the dust came from Belova. The two reunite in Budapest, uh, duel to a truce, and then they are attacked by the other other Black Widows. Uh, Romanov learns Dracov is still alive and the Red Room is still active. Roman, okay. Romanov and Belova evade the Widows and Taskmaster before meeting Mason, who supplies them with a helicopter. Uh, but yeah, the the thing about this movie is, one of the things was, it's like, oh, we're finally going to find out the Budapest story. Because one of the things with fans was always like, it, it's Widow and Hawkeye, and it's like, oh, this is just like Budapest. It's like, well, don't remind me, never remind me about Budapest. It's, it's like the giant raft of Sumatra case from... Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Like, it, the story that's never told, but, uh, like, the famously, like, alarmist mm, yeah. title. And you're like, what was that? Oh, I just, I, I want to hear more about this giant rat of Sumatra. And here's the Budapest story, everyone. Okay. Buckle your seatbelts. Click. All right. Uh, when Black Widow was part of, like, uh, Dragon's, uh, Team, uh, she was sent to kill someone. I think Hawkeye, and Hawkeye was sent to kill her, okay. and they didn't kill each other and became friends. So, to repeat that story, two people failed at their job, and we've been waiting <laughs> twenty movies to figure that out. That story. I can never piece that together. Man, when I was a little kid, not a little, little kid, but when I was like a teenager, I wrote like some fantasy story that was like a knockoff of like Fawford and the Grey Mouser, like the Fritz Leiber stories. Mm-hmm. It was about like my two cool characters, which were totally not just like <laughs> my two D&D yeah. characters. And like they met and that was it. They were both hired to kill each other, but mm-hmm. like wound up hitting it off and becoming like yeah. bloody comedy after that. 
And he, like, even at the time I wrote it, and as a teenager, yeah, like a year later, I was like, maybe there's something salvageable in some of these. Uh, episode zero can go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so the, they met, and they were both like swinging through the same window, and like they hit each other and accidentally kissed, and they decided to just become friends from then on. I thought the Budapest <laughs> story would be like they both voted for Victor Orban, and then. <laughs> The Budapest stories that they went around Budapest. It was like super pretty, but pretty anti-Semitic street art here and there. <laughs> Anyways, Romanov and Belova break Shostakov, uh, the Red Guardian, out of prison to learn Drakov's... That's David Harbour, right? Yeah, okay. David Harbour. To learn Drakov's location, and he tells them to speak with Vostokov, who lives on a farm in Russia, where she developed the mind control process used on the widows. Mm-hmm. Uh, some different things. This movie honestly does have fantastic action scenes. Really? Uh, yeah, like they're 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 good because they're like it's it's hand to hand fighting and like shit like that. Like a lot of this stuff looks like it was actually done instead of just CGI'd. Um it's an interesting scene where uh where Belova and uh, Widow are in, like, a convenience store, and they're just talking shop about being Widows, and they're right in front of the cashier. Like, they, they don't acknowledge it at all, but it's like, this dude can hear you. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, it reminds me of, uh, this has been ridiculed a lot, but the Sopranos PlayStation 2 game. Yeah. The Road to Respect. <laughs> And you play, you don't play Tony, you play, like, right. this, like the son of one of yeah. the dead characters who's, like, trying to rise to the ranks. He tells Tony off at, like, Vesuvio's, and Tony's, like, sitting there with Car, I kind of remember, and he goes, like, all right, I'm sick of this kid, I'm sick of this shit, I want him whacked, okay, I'm putting a head on him, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, yeah, you'd yell that in the restaurant, <laughs> but li- literally... Seven seasons of that show, Tony is like, oh, I can't get my hands dirty. The feds are sniffing around. (laughs) (laughs) Has his uncle go down for him in the first season. But no, he would totally do that. That's how I feel. And it's like, no one must know except you, Giuseppe. (laughs) But it's a very odd scene. Um, Florence Pugh plays uh, Belova. And, of course, David Harbour plays... Red Guardian, and they're both pretty, they're, they're both great in the role. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're both terrific guys. Yeah. Like Florence Pugh is a wonderful actress, actor, and uh, David Harbour, like, uh, I haven't seen him be like a chameleon or anything, mm-hmm. but I've liked him in everything. Yeah. Uh, while you were watching this last week, I watched uh, No Sudden Move on HBO Max, and he's in there. It's basically like David Harbour playing a Philip Seymour Hoffman character, almost. Mm-hmm. He's great. He's, he's like, funny and tense and everything. Yeah, it's cool. Kind of think of it, it stars uh, Don Cheadle. So you oh. got, yeah, Rhodey in there, too. Uh, one of the weird things is when they bust him out of when, uh, Belova and uh, Natasha bust... Red Guardian out of prison. Uh, they get to talking about sex somehow. 
uh, and like when they're flying away in the helicopter that they use to break him out. Mm-hmm. And they refer back to the fact that when you go when you go through the red room, you get a hysterectomy, mm-hmm. which was touched upon in Ultron in a not very good not very good way. But uh, yeah, the they have in this movie Florence Pugh. Does I'm not even going to call it a hysterectomy joke because there's, there's like not, it's not structured like uh-huh. any type of joke. It's just like you you know it's it's supposed to be funny, but it just isn't. It's like so weird to put it in there. Yeah. But apparently Florence Pugh like fought to have it in there, like she really wanted uh, that. And they're uh, like, oh, she fought to have the oh Jesus. You mean the actress fought to have the joke in the movie? Yeah. I'm not being cute for a second. I thought you meant the character fought to have it in there. And I was like, that's a weirdly, like, grotesque joke for a Marvel movie. <laughs> I thought that was the joke. Oh, my God. I'm not being cute. But if Flores P wanted it, okay. <laughs> Throw her a bow. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I just love those guys. <laughs> the guys who go online and they're like, Julia Fox, she's a five. Wouldn't kick her out of bed. <laughs> it's just like, they're typing this as they recover from their lap down surgery. <laughs> those guys have existed forever. Oh, God, yes, yes. And they never want to, that's funny, because there's old-style internet douchebags who have, like, died off. Yeah. Like, if you see, like, a something awful goon, you're like, this is like like finding one of those Japanese guys that didn't know the war was over. Like this feels like a holdover from a previous era. The I thrower of bone guys, they were there before the internet and they will be there after the internet. <laughs> okay. So mind control process. Uh, uh, I'm not trying to be mean, and this is no reflection on you. Uh, I'm bored just hearing about the movie. <laughs> so let let's let's keep going. What else happens? Uh, but yeah, they all, when they get to, uh, what's the cause place, they all have like a, like a family meal. Okay. Like it's, it show, it's basically like showing. Like Logan? Yeah. <coughs> yeah. It's basically showing that they really are a family and they make jokes like, oh, Natasha, don't slouch. And I'm not slouching. And. Why are you only one that does not have accent? <laughs> and, like, it doesn't sound particularly interesting, but it's cuter than it really should be. Okay. You know, it's... Well, you get David Harbour, I imagine, is probably pretty funny. Yeah. And also, um, I, again, only having seen the trailers, David Harbour's character, what, what, what is it, the Red Guardian? Yeah. I get some real love sausage vibes off of that guy. Yeah, yeah, and if it, I, <coughs> from the boys, I, yeah. I, mean, I know you know, but I don't know mm-hmm. if listeners know, um, and that's probably not weird, I suspect, like, Love Sausage is, like, a parody of Red Guardian, I imagine that's what they're going for. Red Guardian is very horndoggy in this. Okay, yeah, that's what I was gonna say, you have David Harbour, who is, like, physically big, mm-hmm. it's not, not gigantic, he's, like, a big guy, yeah. Especially when he's standing next to Winona Ryder. Yeah. And you have him just going like, Whoa, I love my little princesses. And daddy has a tickle. <coughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I'm kind of getting that 
vibe. <laughs> there, yeah, there, there is a, a line where he tells uh, Fustikov, who's played by Rachel Weiss, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, right, this. You know it, I have been in jail a very long time. And like... And she has like a judo flip on him <laughs> or something. I think so. Okay. <laughs> like, I, honestly. Okay. I uh, saw this several days ago. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, um, Florence Pugh, she, she gets upset that, like, they're arguing that the, it's not really a family. Okay. And she gets upset and storms to her bedroom and, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> she goes inside to watch her door and you just hear, <laughs> no, she goes, she runs upstairs, locks her door, you just hear, Kurobi Aneki is the only Russian song. It's the only Russian song. The only Russian song. The Peddler's Lament, it's the only one. I wish you were all eaten by wolves <laughs> like Vampire. <laughs> um, I love Russia. <laughs> yeah, and Dynamo comes in, or uh, uh, Guardian comes in, and he he consoles her, and uh, she says to him, she, she has a line where she's like, you know, I don't want to hear stupid stories about you and your time is Crimson Dynamo. And he says, actually, it is Red Guardian. And it's really interesting because that's the only, like, reference type thing that's really in the movie. Yeah. Like, usually Marvel movies are just peppered with... Uh, right, peppered. Mm-hmm. With uh, references, but that's kind of the only one. And uh, I think it's kind of interesting that they mention Crimson Dynamo because... He's not in the MCU because in Iron Man 2, he and Whiplash are folded into one character, and they're played by Mickey Rourke, so it's like, that's like the one character you used, but didn't, kind yeah. of. Yeah, it's sort of like, I mean, they can do what they want with it, of course, but it's like, in Shang-Chi, they're mm-hmm. going like, to use the Mandarin. Yeah. Like. I thought we already did the I, the Mandarin. I thought we already like did him as a joke, which is yeah. frankly probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're gonna do the real one that like Ben Kingsley was method acting as. No, <laughs> I don't know. Uh. But yeah, they have a, a nice moment, and uh, Vostokov gives away their location to Dragov, whose agents arrive and take him to the red room. Which in this is an airship. It's like an air fortress. Everything's an air fortress. I I dig air fortresses. I dig air fortresses too, but what is this like the 24th Marvel movie? And yeah. they're like 19? Yeah. Um, I like them when you have to like beat them in a Sega <laughs> Genesis game. Yeah. They get a little repetitive and like movies. Anyways, uh, oh wow! If it was the eighties, they'd be fighting in a warehouse or something. That's so a I good guess. point. Yeah, showdowns have always had a problem with like, where can we have guys fight? Yeah, <laughs> has anything ever actually been better than the uh, duel at the Colosseum and Way of the Dragon? 
You know, I played Street Fighter Alpha recently. That like uh, Prissy got me the collection, so mm-hmm. it's like all the yeah the, the pre millennial games, all just emulated. And I, I was playing the original Street Fighter Alpha, and the stage I think it's Birdie and Rose. I never knew what it was. It's the Coliseum. It's the Coliseum. Yeah, because the whole point is it's like it's like streets. So it's like yeah. the Great Wall of China, the Chinese marketplace. It's they're actually left over from Street Fighter One. Mm-hmm. That's the you fight bison in a train yard. Like it's yeah. purposefully nondescript. I it was only this time around, like twenty five years after that game came out, where I'm like, oh, it's a it's a way of the dragon reference. How about that? It's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyways, this movie. As Vostokov and Romanov use face mask technology to switch places before being captured. Come on, man. Fucking Wikipedia. From Ethan Hunt. Vostokov is able to help free Shostakov, Belova, and herself from their restraints, while a disguised Romanov confronts Trekov. When it says Romanov, that means Black Widow, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is getting annoying. Romanov learns Taskmaster is. Uh, is Antonia, who suffered who suffered damage so severe that Drakov had to put a chip in her head, turning her into the perfect soldier. It doesn't say this in, in this, but uh, Antonia was uh, Drakov's daughter that uh, Black Widow was on a mission to kill, but she just got yeah. scarred. And, uh, and Jode. <laughs> what? She got scarred and Jode. She got beat up by Natasha. I know. I know what you're talking about. Uh, but yeah. Sorry, just joking. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, she's an, she's Taskmaster is uh, Antonia here instead of being Tony Masters like he is in the comics. His name is and, Tony Masters? Yeah. I've always liked Taskmaster. I never knew the character's real name. I didn't know it was Tony... Masters. That's some venture brother they shit. Did, they right did there. that on purpose. Yeah. They even said that. That's like his, like, Tascalini Masters son. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. But yeah, when, uh, just the fact that when I saw that Taskmaster is a woman in this, the fact that she's, like, being controlled, she's basically a puppet. Yeah. Because of my mind, it made it immediately made me think of uh, the Mystery Science Theater Invention Exchange. Yeah. But Taskmaster, you is a chick. Okay. I said, but Task, but Taskmaster, you is a chick. Oh God, this is the big one. Quick, manslaughter. Uh, drink a glass of water while calling nine one one. This is. Uh... We'll talk about the Taskmaster stuff in a minute. Like I say, let's have like a Taskmaster task minute Mm -hmm. when the synopsis is done. Uh, But the people who like make shows and movies and and stuff like that, like, um, you know, women can just learn how to fight, right? Yeah. Like they, they don't have to go to like a ballerina slash sniper school run by a vampire they don't have to be, like, brain mm-hmm. cyborgs. I'm not saying you can't do that or that it can't be cool in a story, but you know they can just, like, learn to box? Yeah. Like, whatever else I might think of her, like, uh, Gina Carano just, like, learned to kick good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, she didn't, she's not part of, like, MK Ultra or anything. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just feel like in a movie where... 
in, in a movie where like they're all trained assassins, I guess the bad guy didn't need to be. Get this, an evil version of the main character. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know how Joker is just like evil Batman? But he's not. No, he's not. That's why he's rad. That's yeah. why it's cool. You know how like the only character who is is basically Bane? And he's not as interesting as the guys in suits and ties. It yeah. took them 80 years to get to him. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Bane's fine. You know, remember who was the evil Batman? Prometheus? Yeah. You were Prometheus, yeah, right? Prometheus. God. Uh, when Prometheus, People love Prometheus. Yeah, when Prometheus just took the world by storm in the, the 60s, I mean the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Every time they go to the local con, so many Prometheus. God, De- like, in, okay, Deadpool and Prometheus. Yeah. Like walking around, it gets to the point where like enough Prometheus is like I'd sell for like a, a Rick Sanchez at this point. Oh, Prometheus. So uh, what does Prometheus do when she's fighting a Black Widow in this? Uh, well, actually happens a little later. Okay. Um, oh god, we're not at the climax yet. We're at the climax, oh. but it's kind of it switches around a lot. Okay. Uh, Black Widow tries to kill Dragov but fails to harm him due to a pheromone lock he has installed in every widow. Dracov reveals... So if he stinks bad enough, they can't punch him? Yeah. That's basically Kilgrave's thing. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Dracov reveals... Wouldn't it be if Kilgrave didn't have a mutant power? He just he just had Danny Musk stand <laughs> for kids in the hall. And, yeah, the kingpin... Uh, uh, what, Vincent D'Onofrio Kingpin calls him in for a defenders meeting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, honestly, I just needed to talk to you, Kilgrave. Your performance lately has been sub-tastic. It's just been absolutely sub-tastic, if you don't mind my saying so. <laughs> Dracov reveals that he controls Widow's worldwide via his... And they're asking you to do the honorable thing and seal off your records. <laughs> Okay. He controls Widows worldwide via his desk console. Uh, Romanov initially, Romanov uh, intentionally breaks her nose, severing the nerve in her nasal passage to negate the pheromone and then attacks Dracov. I have to say that this scene is just so bonkers. Just, uh, just scarls her hands and just fucking bashing her nose against a desk and like. There, I'm... So, if you can't smell them, you'd be able to fight Dracov. Yeah. So, if you just did, like, a huge line of blow, you just have, like, <laughs> no sense of smell. Yeah. So, if, like, Sharon Stone from Casino teamed up with Salva Bouvier, <laughs> then they could take Dracov out, just run him with a clothesline. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, Shustikov, after, uh, yeah, Shustikov battles Antonia, while Vostikov attempts to take out the ship's engine, and Belova searches for the other widows who are sent to protect Dracov. Together, Shustikov and Belova lock Antonia in a secure room. It's... Yeah, that's how they beat Taskmaster. They uh, lock her in a closet? They, they lock her in one of the prison cells. Oh. It's... Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that how they usually beat bad guys? Is that how Captain Sunshine beat the monarch? He threw me in prison. I mean, he literally threw me <laughs> to the roof of a prison. And he flew off, and they couldn't keep me there legally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... When I was thinking of, uh... You know, the it says that... 
you know, he brings all the all the widows in. All I could think of was, oh, yeah, and then and the widows come in and all of a sudden, Daddy. Oh, I, I was biting my tongue because all through this when you said, like, he has a desk where he can control uh, all the widows in the world. And I'm just picturing a bunch of, like, blousy 50-year-olds <laughs> who are, like, showing up and he's got, you know, he's like, Alan Partridge <laughs> is, like, stately, but has a little bit of money. Okay. Uh, Dracov escapes as the Widows attack Romanov, but Belova creates a red dust bomb that releases the Widows from their mind control. Romanov's, Romanov gets into the control desk and copies the locations of the other Widows worldwide just as the ship begins to explode and fall. Before leaving the control room... Romanov picks up the two surviving vials of red dust and then frees Antonia from the locked room. Vostikov and Shostakov escape via plane just as Belova takes out uh, Drakov's escape ship, killing him. Romanov... Is this the one that's been making the rounds on Twitter? What? Ginko Belova, what's her name? Like, the blonde one? Yeah. Belova? Belova, yeah. Uh, And she... It's... It's like a couple uh, months ago when Mulan came, or like last year, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's on COVID time. When Mulan came out, uh, the live action one, they had like the clip of her like doing a backflip and like kicking and shooting arrows, and everyone was like dunking on it. Mm-hmm. This was the equivalent of that, where it's it's just ScarJo going, no! And then like Florence Pugh going, this was fun! And like, yeah. She, like, because she was like a backflip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, again, it looks like a PlayStation game. <laughs> uh, but the... Nice um, of the movie to review itself, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Romanov give, gives Belova a parachute before battling Antonia through the sky. Yeah, they, they fall and fight at the same time. Yeah, that's cheesy, but I always like seeing that. Is that why she likes Moonraker? Because that's how Moonraker starts. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, when Bond fights Jaws mm-hmm. and he lands in the circus and doesn't die. Yeah. yeah. So much circus shit in Bond. They go to Circus Circus and Diamonds Forever. Mm-hmm. Jaws lands in a circus in Moonraker. Then he disguises himself as a clown and octopusy. Yeah, just like Cornpone Blush, he disguises himself as a clown. Yeah, I didn't know that was Cornpone Blush. Yeah, Cornpone Blush just as a clown. Ah, oh, yeah, the clown gave him his clown costume. That's right. And nobody suspected that it was Cornpone Blush in a clown costume. Okay, yeah, now, boy, is my face corpse white with clown makeup. Uh, then what happens? Like, please tell me this is like the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. After landing, Romanov uses a vial of red dust on Antonia. She literally punches it when it's on the ground and it shoots up into Antonia's face, freeing her from servitude. The freed widows arrive as Belova, Vostikov, and Shustikov say goodbye to Romanov. Wow. She gives Belova the last red dust vial and, uh, last red dust vial and the portable drive, telling her to find and free the others, still, who are still mind controlled. As they leave with Antonia, Romanov awaits Ross and his men, who have arrived to apprehend her. Two weeks later, Romanov reunites with Mason. Yeah, they... They never really say that. Like, she, they're just, like, driving up to her, and then it's like, two weeks later, it's like... Wait, what? Okay. She just got away. 30 years later. 
Uh, so Belova died, right? No, Belova, she catches her. Oh, okay. Uh, two weeks later, Romanov reunites with Mason, who supplies her with the Quinjet. She leaves, intending to freed, free the detained Avengers uh, from the raft, which is the super yeah, prison. Super yeah. yeah. And we have a post-credit sequence. Uh, the post-credit sequence is set after Romanov's death. Belova encounters Contessa... In, in, in Infinity... Uh, in yeah. Game. Yeah. Her actual... Like nowadays. When she actually dies. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, nowadays. Uh, she... Belova encounters Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, which is uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Louis All right, her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they meet at Romanov's grave, and uh, Contessa... Uh, Contessa gives... Over her next assignment, take down Clint Barton, the man "quote unquote" responsible for Romanov's death. How on earth do they know that? Good point. She, she fell off of a space mountain. Yeah, she is lost to the winds of limbo. How does Veep know that he failed to stop her from suiciding herself? Yeah, that that was one weird thing to end on. Yeah, what on earth? To be quite frank, I, I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I love Julia and Louis-Dreyfus. And I think the character Contessa Valentina is an interesting... Okay. I think uh, she's like an interesting character in the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. government uh, Marvel type, like the spy entry stuff. I do not like Louis-Dreyfus... Well, I I don't know how to put it, and I don't want to make this too big a cul-de-sac, but we've talked about how the Marvel movies, like, the attempts to be funny. Mm-hmm. Usually those attempts fail because I, with the ex- I think Paul Rudd is, like, legit funny. Yeah. I, I you know, if, if he were just, like, a comedian yeah. and did nothing else, I'd be like, oh, he's funny. The, the way that, like, Corell is funny. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, it's like, oh, the, the movies are so funny, but, like, they're not, because it's, like, Chris Pratt and mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo yeah. and Chris Evans going, like, oh, that is a nice butt. And you're like, mm, good thing you have looks. <laughs> okay, okay, fine, he's, he's a cool actor and other stuff. It's just, I think it's, like, a stupid line. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's the stupid line that everyone quotes at you. Yeah. It's like how on Simpsons when Homer like mentions Jeebus. Yeah. And you go like, oh, like like Homer praying to Jeebus. You're like, that's not that fun. That feels like a first draft. Mm-hmm. That feels like a couple notches below like what I know the Simpsons is capable of. And then for the next 20 years, everyone like says Jeebus. Yeah. Like, inter tubes. And you're like, yeah. why was that the <laughs> line that people latched onto? Like that thing that anybody could come up with, but but you're like, funniest Simpsons joke ever, maybe. And so like the line where the first time I watched Endgame, I went, shut up. That's the line where like even my hip friends are like, hey, is that American? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just 
the the line I already didn't like, and now I detest it because it's become the my life of the Marvel universe. The thing is, the humor in this movie it's 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 really only delivered by uh, Red Guardian and uh, Florence Pugh. Yeah, and I know he's funny at least. Yeah. I, I don't think I've seen her do comedy. I think well, Midsummer. <laughs> the uh, the thing is, like she plays the character as like a smart ass, which known like going into it that the character is a smart ass, uh, and just focusing like the quippiness on those two characters makes the jokes a lot. They they hit more. Yeah, and we've. We've kind of talked about that, how it's not that movies shouldn't have jokes, but, like, you either need to have all the characters be reasonably funny, but in, like, a normal, believable way. Yeah. So, like, like everyone on Deadwood's funny, but that's just because, yeah. like, they're being characters. Mm-hmm. It's not like, here comes the zany guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you can't just have the zany guy. Mm-hmm. But he's always the worst character in the movie, he or she. I don't know if I want to... If I watch it, I don't know if I want to hear, you know, 130 minutes of Florence Pugh going like, is, is that the old final answer? But at the same time, like, well, at least it would just be her and not, like, yeah. all five of them. Yeah. So I guess there's that. Uh, and, but, oh, but, yeah, I, I, I did go off on a cul-de-sac about the, the comedy stuff. Because, like, Marvel... Shows and movies are, like, the only things that get made. Mm-hmm. Uh, or get any attention, I should say. Yeah. They have comedians in them. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's always strange to me. So when, like, Neil Hamburger is in, like, Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think, like, good for him. Yeah. Like, I think it's cool. But at the same time, I'm like, well, that was fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. And even people, like, I... Sincerely, Julia Louis Dreyfus in Veep, that performance that is as sculpted and well realized as a, a performance as like Cranston doing Walter White. Yeah, she is incredible, yeah. and that's one of like the funniest shows ever. And mm-hmm. it, you know, oh, and Seinfeld's pretty good too. <laughs> uh, being the second funniest character on Seinfeld, I love Julia Louis Dreyfus, but having her play like Louisa Francesca Banana Fana Fofesca. Mm-hmm. As like I'm the head of Shield, like I don't. And the first time we saw this was Shandling, yeah. As yeah, I guess. And the, exactly because seeing Gary Shandling like the Iron Man and the Winter Soldier. On the one hand, it's like my favorite part of those movies because mm-hmm. Gary Shandling, yeah. but it does ruin the movie. Yeah, like having does this. Disintegrator Ray make my ass look big. <laughs> like having him in, I love it, but I can just leave after that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna it's go like. Any, anyways, fun. back to this movie where people with guns are hunting my hero, Steve Rogers. Like, yeah. no, no, it's just airplane after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so I, it's the difference between like having some humor in the films and when like an actual can be if like John Glazer was in one of the movies. I'm just focusing on him. Yeah. Not in the service of the story. I'm just like, what if he started eating the corners of the movie like it was a big old sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> and there were like bites taken out. 
Oh, like in Gremlins. Um, so anyways, I know you had some final thoughts, and maybe you can answer some of uh, Nathaniel's unaddressed questions or unaddressed questions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my final thoughts were that uh, it, it actually has a visual style, which is not common in a lot of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Like, this looks like... It kind of looks like something that isn't a Marvel movie, which is mm. very rare. <laughs> uh, it kind of doesn't feel much like a Marvel movie. Like, you know that it is a Marvel movie, and you can yeah. tell that it is. It just doesn't feel as much like a Marvel movie as the other ones do. Uh, this thing... This thing fucking moves. Like, it... There's... Stuff happens quickly, and I think that's really cool. Well, that's that's good to know because, and you know, I want to like dunk on Marvel, but this is kind of endemic of most movies. The average movie went from being like a hundred minutes mm-hmm. to two hours to like your average blockbuster is a hundred and forty minutes these days. Yeah, and so I can't. I, I maybe I can't blame comic movies a little bit, but. Not Marvel in particular, but yeah, just to hear that one of these things isn't just like dragging because there's a funny scene. Yeah. And I bet you want to see more of this character. Mm-hmm. It's it's just like, no, we need to get from plot B to plot C. Let's get a move on, folks. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, something interesting I noticed while watching it, there's a lot more swearing than on average. 13 right? It's a, yeah, it's, but there's a lot more swearing than you see in a normal Marvel movie. Like, I heard the word shit a lot more in this than I think I have in any other Marvel yeah. movie. Uh, and like I said earlier, the fight scenes are good because they're fight scenes. It's a person fighting another person. Like, that's just, that's just fun to watch. Uh-huh. And, uh... Overall, it was a lot better than I thought it would be. And I, I saw, you mentioned that on, uh, I think, your, your Instagram post. You said, like, it's the best Marvel movie in a while. Mm-hmm. And not having seen it, uh, I, I can't and won't, like, pass judgment on it in particular. Yeah. So I'm just interested in some of the reactions. And, like, you said it was the best Marvel film in a while, which uh, I, I can honestly believe. Mm-hmm. Um, because maybe we can, like, talk about the ones that, weirdly, it's, like, the most popular ones are the ones I like the least. Yeah. And not just being contrarian, but, mm. um, the idea of, like, oh, it's just, like, a small scale, like, focuses on a couple characters. You don't really need to, like, watch the rest of the movies. I'm like, oh, God, Mana from Heaven. Yeah. If that's the case, like, no, no like, nutsack aliens show up at any point. <laughs> Thank God. Um, and <laughs> I did have to laugh because it's been getting, like, for a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. like, po- post-Hulk, you know? Yeah. Like, for a Marvel movie, it's been getting, like, middling reviews. Yeah. Uh, like, and uh, I, th- I think it was uh, Goatstein on Twitter. He, <laughs> he had, like, a screen grab of uh, the AV Club, I think, gave it mm-hmm. a B minus. Yeah. And he goes, holy shit, this must be the worst movie ever made. <laughs> And, like, la- I laughed so hard at that because it's, it's true. Like, adjusting for the, the curvature. I'm like, mm. okay, endgame. 
great movie or the greatest movie. Like yeah. every Marvel movie really is like Colbert is the reviewer. Yeah. Like so, would you give it an A, an A plus, or an A plus plus? The new grading that we only came up for for Marvel movies. Yeah. And so, and part of this relates to the number of reviews, but you go on like Rotten Tomatoes, and it's like Black Panther and Endgame were the two highest rated movies of all time. Like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, I know it's like a broken system. It's like score aggregation is not the same as, yeah. like, being the best thing ever. It just means the most number of people thought you were fine. So, <laughs> no, no, legit. Yeah, legit I, I like, know what you mean. Yeah, like, that's like the difference between like a mean and uh, like an aggregate score and a total score. Mm. But, uh,. But yeah, the the idea that people are going like, oh, this one's fine, like, so it's terrible though. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, having said that, like, this is like an easy one to go after, and how shall I put this? The the fact that it's been so long, because it's it's been two years since a Marvel movie, right? I I. I think so. it was it was Endgame, and then that other Spidey came out mm-hmm. that like yeah. a few months later. Yeah. So it's been about two years now, yeah, like yeah. give or take. Yeah. That's enough time where like people who were super duper on board with Marvel mm-hmm. have either like have either organically gone, oh maybe it's just fine. Like, yeah. I watched Endgame and like yeah. it's it's like not that great on my TV now that people aren't like conceiving children after Cap catches Mjolnir <laughs> and, and like their erections shoot through the popcorn bucket and they're just like embedded in the ceiling of the theater <laughs> forever and like aliens can show it off to their descendants uh, centuries later yeah just watching that on its own terms you're like oh this is long <laughs> <laughs> they've either like p- people who were maybe caught up in the hype but didn't love the films like myself, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, have reconsidered people who love them, still love them. And this is like the best movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe just people who are ready to be con- contrary. Like, you can't say Captain Marvel. You were waiting to go, like, is this the Marvel movie that, like, finally pushes its luck? Or, like, has Marvel, like, finally gotten kind of boring? Yeah. And you couldn't do it. It's like, okay, we can't do that with Black Panther and Captain Marvel because mm. of, like, demographically. It would be shitty if the first Marvel movie you hated was was Black Panther. <laughs> you can't do it with the Avengers because everyone's, like, super into those. Yeah. This is the first one where it feels like it's okay to go. I wasn't that impressed. Yeah. Uh, having said that, it doesn't look worse than anything else. Uh, any other Marvel movie, I should say. It looks mm-hmm. much worse than other actual films by real people. Like, it looks much worse than The French Dispatch. <laughs> this looks worse than Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Let's, let's be honest here. Um, and one thing, one thing that I kept seeing, which, uh, it was unintentional, but it made me laugh. Easy, like, half a dozen reviews. I don't, I don't even, like, read them, but you get, like, headlines. Yeah. If you go on Google, you're yeah. going to see eight yeah. of these things. Um, so, so many reviews. 
basically echoed the same sentiment, which was, uh, oh, like, like the movie's fun, but unfortunately it has to turn into a Marvel film in the third act. It's like, the mo- it's like a fun like family comedy slash action movie uh, before it succumbs to Marvelitis. Yeah. And, like, phrase it any way you want, but always that same sentiment. Yeah, like, I saw a bunch of those. Yeah, like, it succeeds at being, like, funny, or it's, it's like Marvel doing Mission Impossible, or yeah. it's, like, doing this and this. But, but alas, in the third act, it just kind of devolves into being a Marvel movie. Which, first of all, that's always been true. Like, even the ones I yeah. like, like, the Guardians movies, yeah. which are, to me are still, like, handily the best ones. Mm-hmm. Those totally turned to Marvel movies at the end. Yeah. But, like, Iron Man 3, it's like a Shane Black movie for about two hours there. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm down with those. Turns into a Marvel movie. They fly around and shoot a battleship. Yeah. Winter Soldier turns into a Marvel movie. Yeah. They either start that way or they turn into that. Mm-hmm. Also, that's kind of fucking funny that that's your complaint, though, right? Yeah. When you have, it, like, 80 different people going, like, I love it, except for the Marvel bits. Mm-hmm. Then why are you seeing it? The, like, like the doctor joke. Like, my head hurts when I do this. Well, then don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, does that maybe suggest that, like, the house style, not just visual, but, like, the house aesthetic style, that even fans are kind of sick of it at this point? Maybe. And, like, the only time you ever hear anybody, like, go above and beyond their praise is when they get super weird. Yeah. It's like, oh, uh, like, Thor Ragnarok's like a Marvel movie, but it's also like a parody and it's like horny and stuff. Yeah. Well, if you like, you know there's other movies <laughs> like, oh, uh, like, Valkyrie might be bi- bisexual. Like, you know there's other movies with, like, bisexuals in them, right? Do yeah. they actually have sex? Yeah. It's like, oh, look, Thor Ragnarok's the funny Marvel movie. Like, yeah, it's like funny for a Marvel movie. It's still, like, less funny than, like, Dumb and Dumber or something. Yeah. Like, you know, quick change. I don't know. Uh, and that, that's something... I don't think I mentioned this on our Endgame episode because that was a little... a couple months ago. Yeah. But this is something I've been discussing with you how they, it's like, oh, like, the Teen Titans are giving, like, a new movie the MST3K treatment. Yeah. And Deadpool is, is like, the naked gun of X-Men movies. Yeah. And whenever people present it like that, and I, this was, this kind of cracked a code for me personally, I realized, oh, I'll just do that then. Yeah. It's like, oh, the, the Teen Titans do like an MST3K commentary on a new film. Like, oh, you know who, you know who does that is Riff Tracks. Yeah. You know, the, the three funniest guys in the world. Yeah. The guys from Mystery Science Theater, actually. <laughs> yeah. they, they do that. It's like, which, you know, riffing is like fair game. Anyone can do mm-hmm. that, but... Uh, not everyone's going to be good at it. Yeah. Um, I realized, oh, like, I I can just, like, watch an actual... Well, I can watch The Naked Gun instead of watching Deadpool. I can... Mm-hmm. That's why, like, the comedies never really track for me because it's like, it's funny for an episode of Reboot. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized uh, that, was, that was the genre thing as well, and I think early on that's something Marvel was... Maybe justifiably praised for it, like phase one, phase two, because they weren't all superhero movies. Because this was coming off like a bunch of Raimi Spideys and mm-hmm. you know, and a, and a god awful attempt to do Superman. Yeah. 
And it was like, oh, well, they, they're each their own thing. So, like, Captain America is, like, uh, a superhero movie, but it's an espionage movie. And Thor is, like, superheroes, but Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And that kept it from maybe getting too tedious. And then the problem was, like, all those styles fold back into just being a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I realized when it's like, a Winter Soldier is, like, it's like Marvel's spin on Three Days of the Condor. Yeah. Well, I'll just go watch that then. I'll just go watch <laughs> the conversation. Yeah. And, oh, oh uh, you know, the, what's another one that was praised for kind of nailing that little niche thing? Oh, like Iron Man 3. It's like, oh, it, it's like Marvel's take on a Shane Black movie. Yeah, but it's the worst Shane Black movie. Yeah. Maybe Predators. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I'll still watch it, but like I'm watching Iron Man three, and I'm like, oh wow, the long kiss goodnight was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that that I realized after so long, that's why it's such a like a deflating balloon for me. Is every time they do like it's Marvel's spin on the Lego movie, it's Marvel's yeah. spin on Mad Max or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, those movies exist, and they're be- I. I don't have to watch like the be kind rewind reenactments, <laughs> uh, like like the Sweden version of yeah. the movie I already liked. Only it cost five hundred times more. Um, and I realize that's why I like Guardians because that's the only one that breaks the formula. Yeah, where it's like, yeah. hey, you know how Star Wars was good but sucks now. Yeah. You want to go back to when it was good? Watch Guardians. Yeah, and that, and. Maybe even like even like the Guardians by the end of Endgame, yeah. I was like, "Shut up, yeah. shut up, Rocket!" <laughs> yeah. So I'm not gonna have to watch like Chris Pratt and Chris Chris Hemsworth like talk over each other in Guardians Three. Ugh. <laughs> oh, so I'm, I'm not joking. Like Chris Pratt being in Guardians Three is enough to make me go like, "Eh." eh. <laughs> <laughs> they had their moment, <laughs> uh, but. But but anyways, that's why I like those because like it's Marvel spin on Star Wars, and it's the only time it's better than the thing it's yeah. copying. <laughs> yeah. So uh, having said that, this being like oh well, it's like Marvel's take on Nikita or uh, Mission Impossible or uh, Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. Well, I can just go watch those, but. Uh, but having said that, you, you said this was, like, better than the last couple you'd seen. Mm-hmm. Um, the last couple that came out, if I'm not mistaken, were, were Spidey mm-hmm. and Avengers. Yeah. And the, you can give me your take, but those are the worst ones, right? Yeah. I, it's like what I, was, what I said to my friends, uh, my quick review of Endgame is... Uh, First hour, boring. Second hour, stupid. Third hour, awesome. That's yeah. that's just what I think of the yeah. movie. Uh, I didn't like Far From Home really at all. Like, they somehow made me not like a Spidey movie with Mysterio. Yeah, man. They, by the way, between this and Taskmaster, they are really whizzing some of my... Favorite yeah. uh, supervillains from when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, maybe wrap up. I know you don't want these to be too long. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
yeah, Spidey, I, I just, I was, like, sick of Spidey by the end of the Raimi trilogy. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, the Mark Webb ones are worse than the Raimi ones. And then the MCU ones are worse than that. <laughs> and, and, by the way, I was sitting here going, like, oh, this is Marvel's spin on Mission Impossible. This is Marvel's take on, uh, you know, Game of Thrones. Yeah. With the new Spidey movies, like the Home Trilogy, it's like, oh, this is Marvel's spin on John Hughes. I'm like, oh, the thing I hated to start with. Yeah. At least he's like, this is Marvel's spin on Gremlins. At least I like Gremlins. Yeah. I don't like John Hughes to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll skip his movies when he makes them or made them. So, yeah, just these boring, they're just like Iron Man movies, but they start like a... 12-year-old going like, oh, oh no, and they sent a drone strike after Flash Thompson. Oh man, this, this is just like war games. Yeah. And like, I, I don't, like, is, Chalamet is not the kid, right? No, it's Tom Holland. Tom Holland, okay. Tom Holland's not bad. Like, he, I, I don't dislike him. He's, he's been, like, cute doing some other stuff, I guess. But he he's very ready player one. In those mm-hmm. movies, like it doesn't, and when he popped up in Civil War, that was like the popcorn erection scene in that movie. <laughs> but same thing, when it's like, oh boy, Mister Stark. Yeah. Shoot, does he need to be like Zemo and Black Panther are kind of cool? Like, does the does the Muppet <laughs> Baby have to be in here? And by the way, you can you can have like teenagers be in your movies, but like Spidey's like. Half the age of each previous incarnation. Mm-hmm. I know he's always in high school, but it, uh, anyways, like th- those just bore me to tears. And then, even though it's like Spider-Man, the handily the most popular Marvel character yeah. by far. Yeah, it's like they don't trust him to be in his own movies. It's like, yeah. hey, it's Spider-Man. Don't worry, Iron Man's in this one. Hey, kids, it's Spider-Man. Don't worry, Nick Fury's in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, good. Why would I want to watch Spidey? What's, yeah, what's he done to prove himself as an intellectual property? That is really fucking weird that they can't just let Spidey be yeah. Spidey. And then I say this not having seen them, but they, they, God, they look unenticing, even with some fun villains and actors. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing I'll give every Marvel movie. The actors are good, but... It just makes me feel bad because I'm like, why are they doing this? <laughs> uh, and then the other thing, the Avengers movies, I know those are the most popular movies ever. Yeah. I only realized this when I get, maybe that franchise is done, like that 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 thread of the Marvel yeah. Universe. Those are like the worst ones, right? Because when you, when you said like, oh, Black Black Widow's, like, smaller scale, mm-hmm. but it, like, succeeds yeah. on its own terms. And I realize, oh, I'm, I'm sort of over them in general, but when I did like a Marvel movie, I liked it when they were just kind of their own thing. So yeah. Guardians just went off and was Guardians. Like, Doctor Strange gets a lot of shit from people, and I guess it's not perfect, but I'm like, that's one of the better ones, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's self-contained and watchable and... Like, the effects are creative enough. Yeah. Uh, certainly no worse than the others. And I realized, if I were ever to watch one of these again, I'd want to watch, like, uh, like a Silver Surfer movie. Yeah. Or a Doctor Strange movie. Mm-hmm. A Gunwreck. 
something that can just kind of be a, what, like a two hour and 15 minute movie that I can just like watch and be done with. Yeah. The Avengers movies are the ones where they cost the GDP of Ireland. There's 800 people. Nobody gets to like be their thing. So like Thor can be kind of cool in a Thor movie. Yeah. But he's just fucking lame in an Avengers movie. Uh-huh. Nobody gets to do anything. There's, it has to be like a million characters and not even in the fun toy box way that Infinity War sometimes managed. Instead, it's just not like jumping off motorcycles going like, okay, gang, uh, we're going to infiltrate Baron Strucker's fortress. I'll go on the back. Huh, huh, huh. Choice of words there, Cap. Guys, go easy on me. I'm still getting used to 20th century slang. That's what she said. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't help that like the first two were written by Joss. <laughs> but yeah, like looking back on the, I, I think I counted the other day because mm-hmm. I knew we were doing this episode. Yeah. I've seen about half of them, the Marvel. I've seen about half the ones that have come out. I realized, oh, the Avengers ones are my least favorites. Like the ones I took the least pleasure from are like, Civil War and Ultron and Endgame. Whereas I'm like, I guess I don't hate Doctor Strange. <laughs> I, I guess uh, there's nothing wrong with Winter Soldier. <laughs> there is, but whatever. Uh, before we wrap up entirely, if, if you're ready. Yeah. You, you liked Taskmaster in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what worked? Why, why'd you like her? The uh, the kind of super efficiency of her fighting, the fact that she, she never runs in this movie. Oh, like, that's she the, does like the Jack Palance walk. Yeah, like that's the. Yeah. Th- that to me was cool. Yeah. She just takes her. Yeah, it's like in uh, film better than every Marvel movie combined. Big Trouble in Little China. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite moments when they run up, they're invading the base, the henchman goes up to lightning and says, like, oh, the, the intruders are here, like, come quickly. And he goes, uh-huh. And he just keeps walking at the same pace. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, lightning will get there when he gets there. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, yeah, I just, uh, they don't go with the, you know, comic Taskmaster, mm-hmm. but this Taskmaster does work. As like in the in this movie, um, I just I just didn't like. Yeah, she uh, the costume looks neat. Like they've they've it looks a little Lord Zed to me, to be honest. They they've adjusted Taskmaster's costume so like they've never really changed yeah, they've it. it. Yeah, <laughs> they. No, I, I'm I don't mean to talk over you. If ever there was a character where they just nailed it right away for a character design it's Taskmaster and I don't know why like after that being fine for 30 years like in the early 2000s they were like what if he looked like Jason X instead (laughs) but but anyways I get that he's probably not going to look like that in a movie realistically yeah the, the fact that she's like such an efficient killer in this until Mm-hmm. to a cell. Uh, uh, the fact that it's like they set it up as like uh, they say like should we initiate the Taskmaster protocol? And they say yes. And it's basically like oh uh, 
Taskmaster, like, Taskmasters after you, like, make peace with your god. Like, that type of thing. Kind of of has an aura around her. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's... I just like the way they pull that off. And the woman playing her, like, when she's in her controlled state, it's, it's, like, kind of chilling. Like, just her stare and like, absolute deadness yeah. to her, and she does, the, the actress does that very well. Okay. It's just, there's nothing wrong with the character in the movie from the sound of it. I just feel mm-hmm. like they kind of blew a really fun character. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, the, the thing about, like, I, I haven't seen any reactions online, like, Taskmaster, no, it can't be a girl. Like, I guess uh, people are on board, and yeah, like, there's no reason it can't be. Yeah. Like, if you, if you like, did everything cool about Taskmaster from the comics... Yeah. ...in a movie, and then just gender-swapped it, I would go like, no, no, no. Not buying it. Like, the only articles I've seen about it, they've all just been a variant... I've only seen the titles, yeah. the articles... And they've all just been variants of the phrase, we need to talk about Taskmaster. Yeah, which is not, just, even, not even complaining, but it's it's that thing of going like, um, the twist with Taskmaster is sure to turn some heads. You're like, not really. I feel like anybody who's watching Marvel is like on board at this point. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad, by the way. Like, like I will say that MCU fans don't seem to complain about shit that often. Mm-hmm. It's almost the opposite problem where it's just like, I, I love everything. Yeah. Oh, I, oh like, I, I love what they did with Wanda. Yeah. She's a, she's in her, like, that's in every one of the Disney shows. The characters always dress like the shitty 60s version. Yeah. The, like, the designs that look better, but not in real life. Yeah. yeah. Um... I haven't seen, like, a bunch of MCU fans going, like, no, Loki can't fuck. <laughs> no, Vision's too handsome. Yeah. Um, no, they, they, they like everything. Uh, the only complaints were, like, Captain Marvel. and I don't give a shit about that. I don't even like Brie Larson that much. But that was entirely just, like, the Ethan Vaskiver brigade. Yeah. Yeah, like, that, that like, came from nowhere and went nowhere. Like, and it sure hurt the movie financially too. <laughs> That's the weird thing about these stupid more. I don't like any of them, but I also have to like laugh and make jerk off motions where people are like, like if you go woke, you go broke. You're like, oh yeah, so Star Wars was really hemorrhaging money with the <laughs> I don't yeah. like those movies, but yeah, but boy, I bet they sure regret that, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So. And of course, there's, in like, like I'm a nerd. There is the nerd thing of like, I hate this. I'm still gonna see it. Like that. That's always been kind of a nerd, uh, yeah, philosophy. Like, even if you aren't looking forward to it, even if you like it, it has been as good as you want it to be. You see it to the end. Yeah. All. Let's talk about that in a second. If this is long, it's long. It doesn't matter. They always are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, l- listen to one of the movies, the episodes where we like a movie, if you want something <laughs> short. 
Uh, so yeah, just to finish my thought on Taskmaster, um, I'm I'm I can say this with a clear conscience. I am not gate gatekeepery about comic shit. Yeah, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Half the time when they change something, I'm like, oh cool, I like this new Joker too. Yeah, there's 800 Jokers. This is another good one. Yeah. Um, you can change whatever you want. You can alter whatever you want. Sometimes it's an improvement. Like I didn't see the movie. I don't think I'd like it. But uh, the Vulture and mm-hmm. Spider Man Far From Home. Yeah. It's like oh well, uh, he's Michael Keaton as like a weird salvage guy who hates Tony Stark, and you know is it's Michael Keaton being Michael Keatony. Mm-hmm. And like yeah, that actually does sound better than. Uh, a not particularly strong or smart old man who they never got around to giving a personality to in the comics. Yeah. Despite having 60 years. You know what I mean? Like, you can, like, you can ruin, like, Doc Ock and you can ruin Mysterio. Yeah. I don't know if you can ruin, like, uh, uh, I don't know, the UFOs. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting the leader wrong. Yeah. Um, so I'm usually not too precious about these, but the most recent two, I love Mysterio. Yeah. He's the best Spidey villain. He's so much fun. Mm. He's perfect for comics because you could just have him do anything. Yeah. Because it's an illusion. Mm-hmm. So a Mysterio issue is like, let the artist draw whatever they want. Yeah, basically. Yeah, like the well, the one that made the rounds, like Venom Galactus. Mm-hmm. Like any I idea, love that yeah, one. Any idea that's too stupid to actually use... Mysterio is using it to drive Spidey insane. And also, he's an <laughs> awesome design. Looks, yeah. Looks, what, a, what a wonderful comic book he designed. Mm-hmm. I love it. Whatever else I think of Steve Ditko, he could... When he wasn't just, like, drawing a guy in a grizzly bear suit, his Electro and Mysterio designs are so awesomely nutty. Yeah. Uh, and Spidey's not bad either. <laughs> and so Taskmaster, uh, again, not trying to sound precious... For a character I haven't actually read in 20 years. <laughs> but uh, I love Taskmaster. Yeah. Just checks every bot. Visually, he looks like a D&D character. Or, <laughs> yeah. like, or like a Masters of the Universe villain. Yeah. He's so atypical a design for a Marvel villain. I love it. Mm-hmm. Which I get that he can't look like Guy of Gisborne. Yeah, Black Widow, but I, I'm like, oh, it's just it's just like a killbot. Yeah, um, the person the power is great because it's not even really a power necessarily. Yeah, he just has like the photographic memory, so he can just copy anybody. Yeah, which is already like a neat enough idea, but instead of going and like, I'm going to use Daredevil's powers against Daredevil, like they kick each other at the same time. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? He's smart, so he trains supervillains for other villains. Yeah, I always that's, like that. That's such a wonderful Guild of Calamitous Intent idea. Yeah. Like, like where do villains get all these henchmen? It's like, well, there's this one trashy guy who trains them. Yeah. And he's, like, super formidable. And, like, he, he, yep. he never fights unless he has to. He just, like, makes money. And so having mm-hmm. him be, like, smart and professional, and, like, he... It's not like, I'm going to, like, ruin my career to go fight Spidey. It's mm-hmm. like, how about I don't, and I live on a yacht. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm rich forever, and I beat all the Avengers in one. People say, like, Deadpool's the parody of Deathstroke. Yeah. 
Taskmaster is Marvel's Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah. And he's honestly kind of cooler, too. Because <laughs> uh-huh. he doesn't get beat up by teenagers every five issues. <laughs> I, I think Taskmaster won most of the... I mean, I think Deathstroke won most of those fights, <laughs> if I'm being fair. So it's just, like, great design, great power. It, all that's missing is personality. And he has a great personality. Yeah. He is a scuzzy New York guy. Yeah. And I don't know if these days, when I was reading the comics, they even gave him the accent. Yeah, they, that's still a thing. That's still a thing where he's like, don't worry, I'll send my best guys out there to deal with him. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're like dropping his G's and like, duh. Yeah, <laughs> like D-A instead of T-H-E. Like, so, such a wonder, like, j- just fun in every sense, as opposed to, like, a badass costume, and then we forgot the rest. Mm-hmm. This is carnage. You don't want to run a foul at him. And he, he just kind of kills people. And so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's so fun, and so it's... I don't mind that they made it a woman. I don't even mind, like, putting it in here, but it's exactly what I thought it would be, which is... Sir not appearing in this movie. I feel like you could do a lot with Taskmaster. Like, it, it shouldn't just be like the killbot, the brainwashed henchwoman. Yeah. Like, really? Taskmaster could be your lead bad guy. Yeah. I was also going to say that in Marvel vs. Capcom 3, he's voiced by uh, Steve Bloom, but uh, two out of every three video game characters are voiced by Steve Bloom. <laughs> So it's not really an exclusive. Comic. And literally every Marvel video game yeah. character is yeah. Steve Bloom. So I guess that's not that weird. Uh, I guess they, I wish they'd just done a bit more. And uh, I, I have a thought about like the villains in these movies. All comic movies. Marvel, yeah. DC, X-Men, like yeah. all of them. Um, they always shortchange the villains, or almost always. And that's why, even if it's cool, it's like, oh, Michael Keaton was fun as Walter. He's he's in, like, ten minutes of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he, they don't do that much. Fucking Malekith. Yeah. This cool-ass Elric guy. Yeah. He's just, like, the most boring character. That was, that was one of the biggest yeah. examples of, like, how can we just piss this right down our lives? Yeah, like, it. the only one that anybody remembers really... And I okay, Killmonger, I guess, because there's yeah. like a political dimension to it. It's Loki, and that's because they gave him five movies in a TV series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but every, every other time you're like, oh, I, what, what if I actually liked that character? Mm-hmm. What if I actually thought Malekith or Mysterio or Taskmaster or uh, whomever else was cool? Like, maybe I'd like them to be in the movie for more than 10 minutes or just as an afterthought. Yeah. And the movies I like best are like Batman Returns where Batman is the afterthought. Yeah. It's a Catwoman slash Penguin movie with Mm -hmm. Christopher Walken rounding out the cast. Um, And to me, that's not a problem when it's it's like, oh, like Batman barely appears in this Batman movie. That never bothered me because even as a kid, I was like, okay, but he'll be in the next one. Yeah. And the one after that. He's he's not in this movie much, but he is in five movies. Yeah. So far, Penguin has been in one movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think I realized that where I'm like, you can build up these characters. Like, you have ten tries to, like, flesh out 
Captain America and Spidey. Yeah. And Bat- you can come back and do more with them later. You only get to do Joker once if you're going to kill him. Yeah. You only get to do Mysterio once. <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. So, and it feels like every time there is a villain-driven film, like The Dark Knight, oh, people hated that. <laughs> like, whatever else you say about, like, The Dark Knight Rises, people hated Bane. <laughs> Nobody ever quoted him. <laughs> uh, that certainly wasn't an awesome stand-up. So I, I wish they'd... Uh, change that equation a little bit. And to finish off, you mentioned something just now in passing, which was kind of the impetus to do this episode, which was uh, giving up on something if you don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we've talked about that, right? I think so. No, this isn't good or bad, but you said your mentality is you, you kind of just like see it through. Yeah. Like, you, it's like you're going to watch this even if you're mm-hmm. tired of it. Yeah. Uh, what's the drive behind that? And I'm asking you sincerely. For me, uh, for one thing, uh, it's, I like I'm, have OCD. Like, I'm not one of those people that's going like, oh, I'm so easy. OCD. Like, no, I fucking have OCD. So, that's <laughs> one, one factor. And there's also a bit of, like, if I don't see these things or if I don't do these things, I feel really left out. FOMO. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you would be amazed how little that matters once you give up on stuff. <laughs> like, it's so easy to live your life not having seen an episode of The Mandalorian. But, uh, but, but anyways, I get that, and I get that a lot of people, especially in fandom, there's a drive towards, like, completionism. Yeah. And it's, it's different strokes for different folks, so I'm not going to knock that, but I feel like I'm the weirdo because I am willing to give up on stuff. Yeah. And I'll see sometimes, like, I I watch The Simpsons longer than anybody I know, so Mm -hmm. I don't have any grounds to complain. Yeah. (laughs) You know, at least a decade after it stopped being funny. Um, And there's stuff where I'm like, oh, oh, fine, like, I didn't expect Rise of Skywalker to be good, nor was it, but you're like, it's the last one. Yeah. it's, It's, go see it with the family on Christmas. That's the thing, like, as much as I knock the Marvels, like, I'm not boycotting them. Right. Because that means you care. Yeah. That means that, like, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to sit here, and if a friend has a ticket, I'm going to tell them to shove it up their ass. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm just not going, I'm, I'm going to go read. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go, like, have dinner or something instead. Like, it, it, it has no allure for me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you watched David Harbour in this. I watched David Harbour in a Soderbergh movie last year. Like, it's yeah. fine. I do feel like the the weirdo, though, for giving up on stuff that I'm sick of. And so I, I truly have noticed that. Famously, you do that with Star Wars. Yeah. And that's, that's where I realized this the first time. Because, like, watch Star Wars. Grew up with Star Wars. Like the originals. Like everyone else who's ever lived. That's fine. Yeah. I went and saw The Phantom Menace, and just like everybody else, uh, I hated it. Yeah. Thought it was terrible, thought it was boring, got out, and I, to this day I remember getting out of the theater and going, 
I missed Futurama for this because we went and saw that instead of watching the premiere of the Robot Hell episode. That yeah. That, that has always stuck with me. And I went, oh, like, fuck Star Wars. Shit's terrible. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care about this. And so, and then, like, everyone just spent, like, three years, like, every day, nonstop for the next three years. Fuck, fuck the Phantom Menace. Fuck Jar Jar. Big, biggest piece of shit. Rape my childhood. Never gonna get that yeah. time back. I watched it again. It's still terrible. Yeah. I just did that, and it was like, this is just bad. And then Attack of the Clones came out, and suddenly everybody who hated the Phantom Menace way more than I did, I just like did, yeah. was like this is bad. They they're the ones who who have like voodoo dolls. Yeah, they're they're like firing an empty gun at a, a photograph of George Lucas. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones who are like, you want to go see Attack of the Clones? I'm like, no. <laughs> Remember that thing we all hated and agreed was terrible. I they remember that thing none of us like? I don't like it. And so, for like, Wizard and whatever would do, like, their comic about how, like, yeah. this was everything wrong with Attack of the Clones. And yeah. Like, yeah, that's why I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I skipped it. I stayed home. It's 2002. Maybe I was watching Frida or something. <laughs> <laughs> 2002 was a bad year for me. Not Frida, but that... The Attack of the Clones yeah. and Die Another Day came out within a calendar year of each other. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, God. Um, and then say, I won't belabor the point, but Revenge of the Sith, on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah, like, and and I, I actually did see, like, some of the new, like, the Disney ones when they came out, like, a decade later. But same thing, in the run-up to that, it was like, Force Awakens is coming out, and, like, I thought we hated Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I thought we, like, as a culture, I thought we agreed that we hated Star Wars. But then, yeah. and now, no, now now people like the prequels, and they hate those terrible new ones. The, the idea of both of them being bad in slightly different ways is just inconceivable. Yeah. And so, yeah, I could apply this to anything. Like, you get sick of this, you get sick of that. Same thing happened with Marvel, where uh, I got tired of it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I've noticed this, like, not naming names, people can do whatever they want, but people who I love and respect and I find delightful on Twitter, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who, I, I I don't have a Twitter account really at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, the pandemic. I still, like, duck in and there are people on Twitter who just without exaggeration once a day every day for the last two years have been like Marvel this Marvel that like the cinematography looks like shit this is this is yeah. for babies who who likes this like Marvel ruined filmmaking get their ass Marty yeah. uh, like every single thing they didn't wait a day before they watched Black Widow Mm-hmm. And they were on Twitter going like, oh, like, then like this part of it sucked, that part of it sucked, blah blah blah, this and that. And I'm not making fun of them, but like, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not the police, I'm not your dad. Like, go, go watch the movie, mm-hmm. like, share your thoughts. That's what Twitter's for. So to be very clear, like, I'm not knocking anybody who's doing that. But it was weird for me because I, I like showed up to like the costume party and I was the only one in the costume. Yeah, and I was like. 
Oh, I, I, I thought we hated this. You guys, like, spent, like, 180 hours making fun of the trailer for Black Widow, so I, I thought you were just going to skip it. Right. And it's like, again, not making fun of those people, but I'm the weirdo, because, like, I, I'm like, no, remember when I said <laughs> 800 times that I was kind of sick of this shit? And so that's what led to this. This wasn't, like, a backdoor way for me. I don't want to see Black Widow, but I don't want to miss out. So, Jeremy, tell me what happened. And it's like I fluff my way at my next right. sorority party. <laughs> yeah. No, it was it was just legit. We didn't have a premise this week. <laughs> and you had seen it, and I didn't. And I was mm. like, well, I'm never going to see it, so why don't you just tell me about it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess it worked. It gave us enough to talk about, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. But, uh... but I'm the freak, because... Yeah. If I quit something, I'm like, maybe I do like smoking after all. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a, a good movie, worth a watch. So, yeah. See Black Widow. Anyways, uh, I think that's, uh, time for us to hit the old dusty trail. Uh, everyone remember to like, comment, and subscribe, and uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs>